Greetings, Earthlings. I'm your glorious, all-knowing leader, Ravi. I'm joined by my two brothers, Krishna and Arjuna. Today, we're talking about a Netflix reality show that might have been inspired by myself because there are more than a few strange parallels. Plus, we, of course, have to discuss the ongoing shit show that is Tenant. And even more importantly, what the actual fuck happened to Ray Park, a.k.a. Darth Maul, because that guy has lost his damn mind and will discuss it in a bit. But let's just say at the top, Disney ain't happy, and that makes me a little happy for some reason. Wow, Ravi. I know. I you're, had a, you're a little bit vengeful. I had um, I had a tough time reading that intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, I will <laughs> say this. There was a few stumbles. There was a few stumbles, and I will kind of uh, put a disclaimer on our intro, mm. when it comes to the Ray Park news, which we'll kind of discuss in a little bit. This was before I had the updated information. <laughs> this is before information <laughs> went out, but this is actually, I think we should start with the Ray Park stuff, actually. So, oh. like within Krishna's intro, unfortunately, um, just to kind of summarize what happened, um, I believe it was Friday? Was it Thursday, Friday of this past week? I think it was Friday. Friday sounds about right. A um, textual image of a man and a woman performing oral went on Ray Park's Instagram <laughs> and a lot of people um, based on the captioning and everything um, believe that it was uh, revenge porn which you know in the state of California that's illegal big time illegal you can't go to jail for that shit um, things then got even more crazy because then rumors started flying around on Twitter that um, Ray Park's wife was having an affair with uh, Daniel Logan who is the young actor who played young Boba Fett in episode two. Uh, and then some other crazy shit happened uh, where supposedly their kids were firing off tweets saying that Ray Park was, you know, abusive and insane, etc. The point being, uh, today or over the weekend, uh, Lisa Park, Ray Park's wife, came out and said that all these things aren't true. Um, and, you know, people need to kind of calm down and chill. The family, as of today, as of recording this podcast, they still have not officially said anything, if any of it's true or, or what's going on. Um, but what's interesting, though, is the initial reaction and the reaction since then is everyone saw all this information and decided it's all true, <laughs> Bray Park's a bad guy, and that's the end of it. But unfortunately, the information that we've been presented doesn't necessarily mean any of that's true. Hmm. And Christian almost fell off of his chair. I'm, I'm hearing just, this I'm information. Just, I'm, so, I'm so shocked. I mean, um, uh, but this is like a cla- this is a class A example of where people get a hold of some information, not all information, and they have decided, you know, air quotes, you know, cancel Ray Park essentially. Hmm. But yes. So is it looking more like it was? It's kind of a prank by someone. Someone leaked. Or got something, started a rumor online, and it caught, like, wildfire? Honestly, we just don't know. Yeah. I think it would be reckless to speculate. The fact is there was business. a pornographic <laughs> image put on his Instagram. We don't know how it got there, who put it there, or what. And, like, that's – I think that's the problem just in general with media throughout the years and everything. It's you. Everyone wants the full story immediately. But you can't always have it immediately because there's complexities and layers to any type of story. So who knows what actually happened? You know, there might be none of it might be true, or all of it might be true, or you know, we just don't know. So I don't the, know. I honestly don't know. The other angle to this whole story that is, you know, disturbing is the the baseline of it, of everything is that. Uh, 
supposedly Ray Park put this image out of, you know, someone that is his wife or Nard's wife or whoever. Um, but he did it because part of this whole rumor is that he was cheated on, right? So he put out revenge porn. And you had people on Twitter, Star Wars fans, that were defending this action. Now, regardless if he did it or didn't do it, you never do this. <laughs> and the fact that people are saying that it's okay because he cheated is really, really fucked up. Or he got cheated he on. He got cheated on, yeah. Well, Star Wars fans are not the... Uh, no! Let's, let's be honest. They are not the greatest human beings on the planet. In ge- you know, I'm not saying every single Star Wars fan, but there is definitely a group of very passionate Star Wars fans that like to internet bully and make their opinions very vocal. And, and, these, and I'm batching in the Star Wars fans that say Kathleen Kennedy can't lead Star Wars because she's a woman that had a problem with um, Finn because he was a black stormtrooper and uh, Ray because she was a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like there's these fans are problematic, right? People that told the actor who played Jar Jar Brinks to go kill himself. Yeah. Like it, it's been there for years, for decades. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to get, you're gonna get crazies for any type of fan base, unfortunately. Yeah, I Star don't Wars, remember. Star Wars attracts the the worst. I don't remember the Star Wars fans back in the seventies and eighties though, like being this fucking insane. Well, granted, we weren't alive. I was. You were alive at the late eighties. Still in the eighties though. Mm. Yeah, but you you weren't even conscious of fandom until the nineties. You can't. You even. don't. You don't know what I was thinking. Well, back, I don't even know what I was thinking. Exactly. Back, well, I think there's two reasons for that, right? Back then, the Franchise is less established. You had three. You had three great movies. Um, yeah, so I would argue that uh, the sixth movie, the third one, isn't that good. Right. Sure. Um, but the second reason, which is the bigger reason, is they didn't have the outlet to make their right. voices heard <coughs> right. and known. If they had, it probably would be just as bad. But they didn't, and so that was a better time. <laughs> oh, at least it was a quieter time. Right. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. just had the movies. You didn't have. Movies and TV shows and spinoffs and everything. Yeah, movies Extra and toys. Media. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There was less to argue about. Uh, before we jump out, out of this section, a couple comments here on the Twitch. Uh, those listening, if you ever want to join in the conversation, definitely check out uh, every Monday, twitch.tv slash was it good. Uh, we have people going and saying that. Um, <laughs> worse than Rick and Morty fans. Yeah. Star Wars fans are worse than Rick and Morty fans? No, I think, I think this person, Lagging Cheese, is saying that Rick and Morty fans are worse. Actually, Ajuna, maybe you could chime in here. I don't know too much about the Rick and Morty fandom. All I know is it's a great show. That's all I, I know. I'm, I mean, every fandom has toxic fans. And there are definitely toxic Rick and Morty fans. Really? What yeah, are they complaining? Or what are they? Yeah, uh, so, yeah what are they what, What's up there, bud? I mean, a lot of it is about the continuity and what? and all this type of because because people the reason people love Rick and Morty, right? It's an animated show and it looks like there's no continuity. It's very Simpsons esque, but there and at least in the first few seasons, there's a tightly wound continuity. And any time that it breaks or something different, a lot of those people go off and go crazy. Really? And also and also like Rick and Morty fans feel so attached to Rick and Morty. <laughs> that they have to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as like G says, you know, but the there was the whole season three sh- uh, Szechuan sauce um, incident, and then they spammed McDonald's to bring it back. And there's just a lot of those types of things where they attach themselves to a joke, uh, and they become a joke killer themselves. Yeah. Oh, Arjun is the very thing uh, they vowed not to become. Arjun right. old AOL instant messenger. Or handle. even, or even like. <laughs> There was the Pickle Rick episode, and then Great episode. that that became 
you know, a huge thing, a huge rallying call. And I yeah, know. I get. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think anything is going to attract people, and there's a spectrum of how much passion they put into it, right. and then also how crazy they are. I mean, look at sports, right? Like sports is one of the original fandoms. Uh, of, of people, uh, if you want to talk about toxic fans, like there's plenty of that in your in your stadium. Did you just provide the perfect segue? <laughs> I mean, I'm not the host. Speaking but. of sports, <laughs> yeah, some interesting sports. news. Uh, you know, we primarily talk about movie TV shows, but you know, all forms of entertainment, you know, can be discussed here. Uh, as we know, we're living in one of the craziest pandemics of uh, recent memory. <laughs> just a 2020. Just a 2020, and. Uh, as we're kind of gearing back up for a normal world, whatever that looks like, MLB obviously kicked off their season, what is it, July 23rd, I want to say, roughly is the day. And, last uh, Thursday. Last Thursday. And um, not even a week has gone by, and MLB's already canceling games because, whoa, lo and behold, players got coronavirus. Shocker. Uh, not just players. Big time. 15 members of the Marlins organization. Uh, who are who are based coaches. who are based in Florida? In I, I think that is the joke. That's the joke. Is that <laughs> the team that has gotten hit the hardest is Florida? Is from Florida? Yes. I, mean, I mean, and is that is one that of the, one of the funny jokes? Is the uh, Red Sox Yankee fans going off because uh, the Marlins uh, general manager slash owner, uh, you know, one of the found, one of the partners of the ownership is Derek Jeter, and people uh, Red Sox fans are like. Nomar would never have let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of toxic fans, here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> toxic fans right there. I mean, the original, I mean, sports, I mean, it makes sense. Fans, they get very passionate. You know, we now live in an age where people allow anybody to really go and make content. Like, look at us. <laughs> yeah. We're out here making content, so people are going to voice their opinions, which I think is good and bad. Um, but are, are, was it good fans toxic? I mean, no. Our mom is a fan, so yes. What? Yes, mom is toxic. I would say we have the greatest fans of any fandom ever. Of any multi-billion dollar franchise, (laughs) we have the best. Our fans are having a side conversation (laughs) in in our chat right now, not even listening to us. Which, by the way, is highly entertaining. Please keep it coming. (laughs) Seriously, that's some good stuff. But along with, obviously, the news today of, you know, a couple of MLB games being canceled, um, another funny thing uh, popped up today, which is... Warner Brothers uh, decided to drop this bombshell. Um, everyone's favorite movie, directed by Arjuna's personal friend, Christopher Nolan, uh, Tenant. Uh, they announced today um, that the movie will be coming out theatrically <laughs> in theaters. But the interesting thing, and I kind of hope that Americans are paying attention to this, the interesting thing is the rest of the world gets to see it before we do. Mm. Um, international release, I believe, is set for August 27th. Um, places like Canada, you know, our, our, our friends up north, uh, they're going to be getting it well before we do. The United States supposedly is going to be getting it, ready for this one, Labor Day weekend. Is that September? That's in September, early, early September. That is the joke right now is that, oh, and, and to kind of put the icing on the cake, it is not a full... Every theater in the United States, it's going to be select cities. Yeah. So cities, which are which are the worst hit by pandemic, the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. I've lost all respect for Christopher Nolan. I literally <laughs> have. No. Is it is it a Christopher Nolan thing or is it a Warner Brothers? Okay, it's so, a Warner Brothers thing. No, 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 thing. no, no. We have to go off <laughs> no. the information we know before. <laughs> it's Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan had been the one pushing for the release. I don't think that changed all of a sudden. I don't think all of a sudden he woke up and grew a conscience because he didn't have one a month ago. 
He was the guy that was pushing for it. Warner Brothers was the one that wanted to delay it because, I mean, they say under the veil of this, of, of the pandemic, but they want to make money and they know a limited release is not going to maximize their profits. So, no, this to me stinks of Christopher Nolan. What do you think, though? I think the international release makes so much sense. If other yeah. countries have beaten it, well, then, yeah, they should absolutely how many, how have How many that. Americans are jumping the Canadian border to, <laughs> to go see Canada. this movie? Oh, speaking, oh my of, God. speaking of toxic <laughs> fandoms, that will determine and deter, determine? Wow. Uh, that will determine how many toxic fans follow Christopher Nolan because Christopher Nolan has his own set of fans who will live and die by whatever he does. Right? True, Jerry yeah. Quaid's one of them. I'm kind of one of them, though I'm not going to risk my life to see Tenet. So do we but, think, do we think we're going to see the Karens and the Kevins of the world go and like protest you know, like at, at at City Hall and stuff, be like, "Oh, open up the movie theater so I could fucking go see Tenant." Yes. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I hope it gets. I think to that level. I think people are on that same level of stupidity, unfortunately, as Christopher Nolan, where he's like, "I gotta save the movie industry. I'm gonna release this movie and kill a bunch of people. It's fine. Uh, it's totally fine." Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Un- this is wow. I don't so wait, know. real quick, do we think like such great famous morons like you know Elon Musk? Do you think like they hang out with, with like Christopher Nolan and they're like, oh yeah, let's let's kickstart the entire economy and get everything back up and running again? <laughs> All right, I just have to read this comment because it is brilliant by Lag and Cheese. Maybe the coronavirus will fall apart in the third wave, just like Nolan's movies fall apart in the third act. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, that's good. but to go back well to done. your point, yes. Wait, what? Like I, I imagine, like so, like in other in you know. In terms of like billionaires or millionaires or whoever wanting to open things back up, Elon Musk, you know, came out was it yesterday, Sunday or something? Went to Twitter. Everyone's going on about how Americans don't need a second stimulus check. We should just open the economy. Everything will be okay. So my question is, do like Christopher Nolan's and Elon Musk's and you know let's throw Kanye West in there for fuck's sake? But is there like some weird like disjointed? text thread or slack room that they're all a part of where it's like all right nolan engaged getting people to go see fucking tenant uh elon will get the the gigawatt factories open and, and kanye go run well, for president well, first off kanye we should mention kanye does have severe mental health issues he is bipolar uh they're trying to get him help uh as for elon and christopher nolan i don't know what their excuse is or or what or what the the you know like that they don't have any documented mental health illnesses to be saying these types <laughs> no. of things, but they still are, and they're still trying to push this stuff. I think it just comes down to greed, circumstances, oh. and and um, it comes down to your perspective, right? These guys are multi-billionaires, so they don't. Is Nolan a billionaire? Well, or? millionaire, right? Yeah. He's a millionaire. He's, He's just very, richer than me. He's wealthy, right? They live very different lives than you and I and most people who are living through this pandemic. So if we're like, yeah, it's fine. Like you just hire people to like wipe your mansion down, and like <laughs> they live very different and pampered lives. Their perspectives are different. Yeah, you know, it's like the whole the whole Ellen DeGeneres thing that's going on right now, right? What's happened with Ellen? So uh, all the rumors coming out about Ellen being not a nice person on her show, becoming a diva, diva, and people are like, how did this happen? She used to be such a nice person. 
I'm like, when you take an ordinary person and they live as a millionaire for X amount of time, you're going to change. Yeah. You see this with the Elon Musk. You see with athletes. Athletes all the time. exactly. All the time. You change when you live this pampered and different type of lifestyle, uh, and your perspective changes. And I think that's exactly why you're seeing all these millionaires and people be like, oh, yeah, it's super simple. Because, like, I'm not going to get sick. And if I do, you know, like, I can afford the best everything in the world. Uh, Well, you know. 95% 95% of people can't and are scared and live around people who can be in danger and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they're just – it's a text thread. I think it's just um, – Group mentality? It's not a group mentality. What's the words I'm looking for? It's uh, it's an entitled perspective, essentially. Greed. Jeez. I think it's greed as well. I mean, the, they, yeah. they, have, they make X amount of money from things – going a certain way and they want to get those things back to normal so they can make their millions and billions of dollars. I mean, it's greed. I think at the end of the day that's that's you know, one of those cardinal sins. So, who's oh well. the cardinal? I don't know. The cardinal. So, that's all we have to say about that potentially. Just to wrap up kind of the funny release dates of things, uh Disney also um put out their theatrical calendar. One, a couple things of interest. Um, they pushed back a lot of the untitled Star Wars films back a year for each a of full them. Full year, yeah. Full year for all of them. So now they're originally going to kick off in 2022. I believe now it's going to kick off in 2023. Yeah, something like something that. Something around that. But the one thing that was really interesting that stood out, Mulan has been completely removed from any theatrical uh, calendar release date. Which, honestly, based on you know what happened with the, the main actress, who's I'm not going to try to pronounce that name, unfortunately, but... She did come out and say a couple of things. This is, feels like a lifetime last ago. Last year. Yeah. Last year about uh, you know the stuff in Hong Kong. I don't think it's that big of a deal if the movie never comes out. Mm. But you know, once again, that's because of one individual. Maybe they could go and deep fake and replace her. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I feel like Mulan would work. Uh, you could release that as like a VOD or like a drive-in type of movie. Like the reason Tenet doesn't work that way is because Christopher Nolan loves his IMAX and his his horn sounds and the yeah. in the uh, in the movies and stuff. But uh, I guess we'll see. Hmm. You know, in terms of of where that goes, I'm sure they have a plan. Or maybe it just gets you know it, we'll go back to the the sequel on VHS days. It goes straight to VHS. VHS. Well, well it's not that, DVD. What VHS. A, well, the new term is going straight to Netflix, isn't it? Well, they call it VOD. VOD. A VOD release, digital. VOD. 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 Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, jumping back a little bit. Um, so, Arjuna, um, you recently discovered a new Netflix reality show. So, it's not actually classified as a reality show, right? Reality oh. indicates that there are producers and they manipulate events in some way, shape, or form. This is actually classified as a Netflix documentary series. Oh, oh boy. I mean, isn't documentary still a little bit reality? Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely some manipulation, but I guess there's a I don't know what the formula is for uh, manipulation to non manipulation ratio to go from documentary to reality show. So you obviously you watch this this ma- Indian matchmaking, and it's called Indian matchmaking. Yes, original name. That's love the it. Show. That's the show. <laughs> love the name. It's very to the point. You know exactly what that. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Indian matchmaking. What? Okay. What's it about? What is it exactly? Okay, so the show follows a um, a famous Indian matchmaker. She was actually featured in a documentary a couple years ago. Her name is Seema. She always introduces herself as Seema from Mumbai. Hmm. Uh, so Seema from Mumbai. She's this very famous Indian matchmaker. 
the sorry, Go real ahead. quick. Um, before we dive in a little bit, what's a matchmaker like? What's the definition? Because I have my idea of what it is. But sure. What's like the official? So a matchmaker thing? is someone that is basically hired by um, a person or a family, an Indian family generally. Like this is a very Indian thing. Oh, okay. Yes. So uh, um, to to match a person with another person. So basically introduce them and then they could potentially get married like to meet and then with the idea of being getting married. It's it's like an arranged marriage, right? So right. like in our in, in Indian culture and like Hindu culture and everything, um arranged marriages were a big thing. This is just a person that professionally does it. And so it's kinda like a real life version of Tinder? Yeah, exactly. It's wow. it's, it's Tinder it, come to life. So it's not quite it's not quite arranging a marriage. It's no. just setting people up to see if they work together. They match, right? And they use hmm. they have um they they talk about biodata a lot, right? So Whoa. they get they get a lot of information like height, you know, weight. Oh yes, yeah. so you got to make sure it matches. Where you're from, what's your family background, your religion, you know, your star hobby, sign. your hobbies, star sign, astrology is a big big thing in the entire show. <laughs> Like she meets with a lot of astrologists to see like do their their star signs and everything match up and are they compatible, and um, it's actually fascinating because there's like one scene in the documentary series where she like has a, she basically has like a full grid and she like grids out people. It's almost like math, like breaking down a human being to like numbers and math. It's like I'm gonna grade you out and you're like this and does this person match? Like, that's very number? Indian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> using using math like, to try and figure exactly, it out. Oh, exactly, that's... and it's cool. Like they you know they have these basically like these one sheets it has like a little picture in the corner and like the basic info up here and then a couple paragraphs on who they are. They hand them out and they show like they show them. They show like the visual representations of them. It's a good them. idea for so, like for shallow people like me. There's only one criteria: like, are they hot? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, like, you know it's, it's it's not a bad idea to maybe get a little bit so. deeper dive of a one person. Of, and one of our comments here: um, someone is making a suggestion that we pool our cash together and hire Krishna a matchmaker. Oh my god! Uh, well, I know what our we, mother would love that. Arjuna, but. I know we're getting Krishna for his no. Birthday. That sounds <laughs> wait. First of all, in this age of coronavirus, we're, we're, we're talking at least. I mean, down okay, the Krishna, road. What if we did it for you know for us, right? Like we documented it, <laughs> and then we decided if it was like a good experience or not. Like well, we so could, was it good production? Yeah, and then we could sell it to Netflix, and yeah. it will be called Krishna Matchmaking. Yeah, matchmaking for Krishna. But the shtick has to be that I find I'm incompatible with anyone, so we can create multiple seasons. And every season that goes by, it gets more and more dire. Krishna with a mustache. Krishna with a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And every season will have a different And then, thing. like, years, like, it's like, oh, man, do you remember season three when Krishna decided to get a pet tiger? <laughs> for s- the Tiger King. The Tiger King Wait, no, season. But, hold on. But it was a stuffed, <laughs> a stuffed tiger. Stuffed tiger. Oh, uh, the comment section is blowing up right now. Everyone's saying this is a brilliant idea. Uh, one person asked, what is your criteria? Uh, well, I mean, if, you know, are they are they easy on the eyes? <laughs> what the fuck? That is really my only question. So, so to go, so go to I used to have a long list in my early twenties, and every year that's gone by, it gets smaller. And <laughs> you smaller actually wrote down like a list of what? <laughs> no, no, I never oh, wrote it down. Oh. It's more just you know, like mental, like yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, they have to you know have a good career. And, you know, just all these like different gotcha. things, and it's, it's actually gone smaller. So that's, so that's what's interesting, right? Each time you see Seema from Mumbai meet with a person. <laughs> And she talks to them and asks them, like, what's your criteria? And some people have very specific criteria. Oh. Like one woman is like, 
I want someone between 5'6 and 5'9. What the and fuck? And I want them between the ages of 31 to 35. I don't want them to be a lawyer like me. I want them to not be funny. I want them to be adventurous. I want them to want oh. to travel but not be outdoorsy. All right, so I have questions. Is, this a, re- a, is this a real person on the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck? I don't want them to be <laughs> funny? Yeah, She's that's, like, that's hilarious. Her, her reasoning was like, I've dated the funny man and I don't like them. You don't like that? Yeah. Oh my god! God, you must be a boring individual. So, so she, my my so, she, so so the person I was spe- specifically uh, <laughs> describing was probably the person most most viewers disliked the most. Like she's was that Aparna imp- by chance? Yes, yes, Aparna. Thank you, sir. Uh, it was it was the one. She's from Texas. Uh, was a lawyer. Like the, oh. she goes on one date and. Uh, there's the, the, the other guy's a lawyer, and she's, so she's really skeptical about doing this. And she's like, yeah, so like, what made you become a lawyer? He's like, oh, I really like being a lawyer. Like, I like my job and everything. She's like, really? That's weird to me. I hate being a lawyer. This woman sounds I'm like, terrible. What the hell? <laughs> Maybe. Why do you even do it? So th- it sounds like the shtick of being incompatible with everyone on the planet has already been done. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It was done person. in the season of uh, Wait, Indian so matchmaking. The, the people that she's matching up, are they strictly Indian, or is she doing like Everybody and anybody. It's I mean they're from Indian families. So gotcha. one there's like one woman who is Guyanese. Um, she lives in New York and she New York City. Of course, she does. Yeah. Say again. New York City. I'm yeah, yeah. She lives yeah. in Queens. Yes. Pro- maybe I don't. I don't <laughs> no, know. If exactly absolutely lives in Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she's Guyanese. It was cool. She, and she's neighbors with Cheshire Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> neighbors with uncle. It was no. It, so uh, to me that was like a really cool moment because like we have you know we have kind of a similar background right like we are Indian. But we've never been to India, and none of our grandparents were born in India. And our dad were... was born in Guyana, yeah. just like this person. So they like we we are Guyanese, but like the origin is Indian, right? And so it was kind of cool to see that represented and see somebody else explain that. Uh, what about the other two parents? Wait, Arjuna, when you yeah. saw that piece, did you jump up and scream, "Oh my God, I feel represented"? Yes, I Hollywood cried. represents me. I cried. No. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was it was cool to see that. And what was interesting is kind of, and you guys kind of know this, obviously, growing up in an Indian Indian family. Uh, she talked about how it was difficult for her to date other Indian people because they looked down on her because she wasn't from India. She wasn't from an Indian family directly from India. Uh, our and situation was a little bit different, for sure, because we grew up in a place where there were no other Indians. <laughs> We may have been the only ones for miles and miles. But so, but so, it was interesting because the show did bring up like the caste system and you know how important family is and kind of judgmental. Like, there's even one part where the matchmaker is like, "Well, this woman's kind of large and she isn't pretty on the eyes, so we have to focus on other things." And like, it's very blunt. Oof. Like, some of it is very blunt. Brutal. And it's just like, Ooh, this is so. Tough. This is this is not a PC show. No, definitely not. And I think there was a lot of backlash to the show because they that that side was shown. Yeah, but I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, so do- if they're if they're listing themselves as a, as a documentary, then yeah, they need to capture the reality. Exactly, they're yeah. allowed to like show yeah, the the exactly. negativity of, of this whole thing. And, and it was interesting because you had you had a lot like she they showed her they showed you some of her clients from India and then some of the ones in America. That's cool. And oh, like cool. a lot of the there were like the Indian ones were super fucking rich. Like. Like there was one guy, he had a keypad on his walk-in closet. That's how rich he was. <laughs> I'm well. sorry. Real quick, just so everyone's aware and people listening at home, 
So if you want to be considered rich towards you, just get a keypad and yeah. put it in your closet, and then you're rich. You no, know, you have to see you have to see the, the these people's like houses and stuff. But it makes like, sense it, that they mansions, would yeah. they they would be rich, and you're hiring a professional like matchmaker. They, they can afford it. They can yeah, afford yeah. it. Yeah. There was like another guy in India. His name was like Akshay, and his mother was just like, "You need to get married by December. I'm giving you three choices. If you don't pick, I'm going to pick." It was just very intense. Yeah. Um, Weren't there a couple other uh, characters who might relate to someone specific? Yeah. So there were there were some interesting things. There's a guy from Texas, and when they showed you the bio data, he was born in Derry, New Hampshire, which is, by the way, where we pretty much grew, grew up. up. Grew up for a long time. Derry, New Hampshire. Yeah. And then uh, Nadia, who was the Guyanese woman, I think she went on a date with. A character, a, a guy named Ravi. <laughs> yeah, not me. <laughs> I haven't left court this bubble, so <sighs> uh, and I think can't fun, be mad at me. Fun fact about the Ravi guy: he like ghosted her twice. Wow! <laughs> Don't we have a cousin <sighs> named Nadia as well? Uh, y- yes. So this show is basically <laughs> this show is basically our uh, different aspects of our life, but like people blown like. Yeah, become alive from those individual a- aspects. Yeah, that's and weird. then like there, like there was another Indian who's born in the UK. We guys, we were born in the UK. Uh, when I watched the show, I was in Pasadena. There was like another person who's like born in Pasadena. I'm like, they're listening to my conversations or something. Either that, or we actually live the most stereotypical stereotypical Indian, <laughs> Indian immigrant lives ever. Everything we've and done we don't is what every that? Indian was what every other Indian who's moved away from India does. We're well, just well, doing well, the same on. thing. Uh, then then there the was another part. character who played the, the guy who was born in Derry, New Hampshire. One of his hobbies was playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh my god, this is creepy. The only thing, the only thing I couldn't find related to us was the professions. Like they were all doctors and lawyers. No, there weren't oh. all doctors and lawyers. Like some, like there was one guy, like the guy in Texas who's from Derry was like a. Um, the guidance counselor at a school. Ew. There was um, one of the women in India had started her own like clothing line, but no one was like in our industry in terms of like media or anything. So that's that was because, the one thing I didn't. That's find. because they all wanted to, you know, f- pick fulfilling and like meaningful careers that actually like have an impact on the fucking world. <laughs> oh <my laughs> good <God>. for them. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, but Arjuna, would you say Indian matchmaking was good? Yeah, actually, I would say it was good. Um, Netflix has been doing a lot of these different dating type of shows recently, and they are very documentary style. And this one was was interesting and well done and well shot, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I would watch a second season. Wow! If they how how long are episodes? They range like so. They, they they range from like thirty to forty five minutes. Uh, I think there was like eight episodes. It's it's worth it's interesting. It's definitely mm. worth a watch. I need a um, new uh, I need a new dinner show. There you go. Or or a breakfast show. So it's uh it's interesting and it's it's uh it's funny what they they cut together. Um, nice. Spoiler. Do you want me to spoil the show for you at all? No 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 no. Okay. I'll, I'll probably watch. I won't it, so. spoil it for you, yeah, but it yeah. is interesting. Uh, you should do some research on the show after you're done watching it. Cool. I will say that to to see what hit happened. up the SEMA matchmaker lady and be like, hey, I need. Perfection. Krishna, if you're willing Find to be it. documented with it, Ravi and I will invest. Wow. For the podcast. Well, we'll see. Well, let me we'll, watch we'll the start show a, We'll start a GoFund. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so for you viewers out there, if you want to see Krishna end up with somebody, give us money now. Yes. <laughs> www.internet.com forward slash 
Give me this money. This feels like manipulation. I'm not comfortable with this. So okay, so Anyways. that's cool. Um, moving on here, and you know, keeping it within Christian's sphere of baldness, uh, Christian recently um, decided to take on the daunting task of watching six seasons of Community. This wasn't that daunting. I mean, some of those seasons are god awful. They're not great, but you know what? Really, those last three seasons are god awful. <laughs> uh, they're not god awful. Okay? They're just a steep decline from the first three. Absolutely, seasons. they are a, a terrible decline. So, if anyone hasn't seen the show Community, it basically follows these uh, initially seven uh, outside of the box sort of students who sign up at community college and they start a study group to learn Spanish, and um, very quickly shenanigans ensue. Uh, that's basically the premise of the show right there. Uh, I watched all six seasons. The first three seasons are some of the best television, uh, best comedic television there is, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, and the reason I actually started watching that show is because we got into a little bit of a, not an argument, but like a tiff, where you were saying Community is one of the best shows, one of the most entertaining shows. And I was like, I don't know if it is, right? Because I hadn't seen it in a while, mm. and I never actually finished it either. Yeah. And I was like, so that's kind of why I started to rewatch it. I was yeah. like, is, is Juno right? Is Juno right or am I right? And it turns out we're both right. The first three, the first three seasons are some seasons, of the best. Some of the best. And I think I did preface, Funniest, I did, I think I did preface yeah. it by saying And uh, some of the most unique. Mm. Right? They're just the characters, the characters, like, especially through the eyes of um, Abed, like a very unique way of, uh, of being meta, right? Yeah. A lot of fourth wall breaking and, and all that jazz. Uh, and then, but the last three seasons are just so different. Really, once, and I actually didn't. I actually enjoyed the fourth season. I really think it lost its steam in the fifth season. The fifth season was felt. The fifth season to me felt feels the most alien. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the season where Troy leaves after the first three or four episodes. Yeah, that's probably why. That's when he goes on the boat trip with Lavar Burton. Right, goes on the boat trip and never returns. When I was really hoping that he would return, and he did. Did you know he didn't return when you were no, watching it? No, no, because no. I, I I had never seen the last couple seasons, two seasons, yeah, yeah. five gotcha. and six were like mm-hmm. totally new to me. Um, but kind of like The Office, when I watch rewatched The Office a few months ago, I I found myself enjoying the uh uh what was I gonna say? I watched all of The Office, and mm-hmm. the last few seasons aren't good. But there were still episodes that I really enjoyed, and that like saved the whole experience for me. Same thing, in Community. Like, um, there are still a few episodes in there that I, you know, laughed out loud. Now there were few and far between, just like The Office, but they were there. So you know, it's hard for me to say that the whole thing was garbage because there are still like gems in there that I enjoyed. So. Uh, That's what I'm going to say. One about of our that. commenters says, uh, and this is true. So. Oh, the, yeah. there was a, the, the show had a troubled production, right? After season three, Dan Harmon was actually fired. The creator of the show was fired by NBC um, from the show and wasn't on the w- didn't participate at all in the fourth season, uh, which many fans considered uh, the worst. And even in seasons five and six, they even referred to it as the gas leak year or something like that, where mm. you know that's how they kind of explain away why the characters might have been different in season four. Mm. Um, so a lot of people don't like season four. Season five is weird because I believe Donald Glover leaves. Chevy Chase's last season was also season four, so he was gone for season five. And then season six, that they were gone as well as Yvette Nicole Brown's Shirley character. 
Um, so you had lost half of your original cast by yeah. the time you you really were limping to the end of like who's who's left? Literally, the literally film. limping. Yeah, I'm yeah. putting in these other characters who are just like you know fillers compared compared to the original cast, kind of boring. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, they don't bring anything that unique to the table. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's that's that's, that's that's that makes a lot of sense. Have you watched any of the you know in, in the quarantine period now a lot of uh Show creators and and uh, actors have been doing kind of like those table reads, um, or those like one off special. Have you watched any of the stuff with Dan Harmon and the cast? I have not actually. Check some I, of the stuff out. They yeah. actually did one with, um, oh my god, the actor that plays the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal. Thank you. They actually did one with Pedro Pascal, um, where it's the you know the cat the the characters of the community and Pedro Pascal is playing the Mandalorian. What? Yeah, it's it's weird, and Dan Harmon like wrote him a piece, and it's it's quite funny. Is it good? It's very oh, very good. Funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out for sure. Now, do you think the decline in quality was because of the behind the scenes stuff, or just because of that natural? You know, after you do two or three seasons of a show, you start to run out of steam. Mm. You know, especially a comedy, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. You could point to maybe any comedy and be like, eh, after about three years, you're starting to lose something. I think. I think honestly, they ran out of stuff. It's the first three seasons are so creative. Yeah. And every episode uh, is like really outside of the box. Like every you know week, they were doing something very different. And I think just naturally, after three seasons of that. You know, obviously Dan Harmon getting fired doesn't help, but I think naturally though you're gonna lose that originality. You've mm. done it for three years now. Um, we've done a lot. We've, I don't say you've in create. You never want to limit yourself creatively. You never want to say we've done everything there is to do. But perhaps as with those characters as they were, perhaps they had gone as far as they could, at least or at least doing it well. So uh, it's probably a, it's a it's it's a confluence of all those things. Obviously, I personally would never have known about off-screen drama unless I go and read about it. That of never course. came through in the performances. Mm. Um, you know, I never... Obviously, like, Trey uh, Chase is racist in the show. Uh, who knew that he was racist outside of the show? I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> have known that, right? I was like, he plays a really good racist. Like, you know, it was, it was based on something real, I guess. You know? Um, so, yeah, to me, the show, the way that it was done, the show, you know, is it, very much like a... Uh, a a non-real uh, comedy, like it's not. Ba- it's not meant to be like a slice of life, right? It's yeah, supposed to be ridiculous and out there. So, to me, that that helps it and keeping the off-screen drama away from the on-screen product. So, um, so yeah. Best season. Ooh, best season. I'm probably gonna say two. I think season two was my favorite. It's hard. It's hard because I binged it pretty much. So yeah. it's like they all sort of run together. But uh, I think season two is my. F- oh, maybe season three was really good too. It's two or three, easily two or three, mm-hmm. maybe both. I'll combine them. Which paintball episode's your favorite? Oh man, um, shoot! There are so there's like four of them. There's three or four. I yeah, think. that's because they do they do one in the last season. season. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, oh, man. I think the one with uh, the guest appearance by the guy from Lost. Um, who plays like the? He has like a cowboy hat, he's dressed in black, like the figure in black who goes around. And he's like hired by uh, the other school to like you know <laughs> to to paintball everyone so that the um, city city college can yeah. can win the win the prize. That that might be my favorite. What's your favorite episode? Oh my god! 
There's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to say my favorite episode, just off the top of my head. Uh, don't ask me that. There's too many. There's too <laughs> many. There's literally too many good ones. There's too many. So overall, ones. though, you would say, was it good? Yeah. It's a, it, the first three seasons, the creative, the creativity, the uh, humor, uh, the outside the box, the fourth wall breaking, that uh, it just makes it a great show all by itself. Right? The last three or four seasons... There are still good stuff in there. You just gotta watch the whole thing to find them. Yeah. Um, so, but overall, so, I'm gonna say Community yeah. w- it was good. Dan Harmon has said multiple times that the death knell for the show was th- Donald Glover leaving at the yeah. uh, during season five, especially because season five was when he returned, and then he had to then ride around Glover leaving, and then you just never really recover. He, you know, you really can't recover from that. But it did live up to the mantra of six seasons. Now the question is: Are we getting that movie? Will ever? there be that movie? I don't think so. They've talked about the movie being Troy is lost at sea and been captured by pirates, and they have to go save him. What the? F- uh, that might be really <laughs> entertaining. What the fuck? Wait, uh, lost at sea with um, Lavar Burton. With Lavar yeah, Burton. There's actually if you if you actually watch closely in seasons five and six, there are hints dropped that they're really they're like yeah in trouble and captured at sea. What? Uh, <laughs> So yeah, it's there. One it's of the there. things that uh, so there's the community uh, subreddit on Reddit. Yeah, and if you check that out, there's a lot of um, posts in there where I'll, you, when you watch it, binge it, you probably miss a lot of this. But there's a lot of like background stuff happening. Yeah. Where there's a I forget I think it's in season two perhaps where Abed helps deliver a baby, and it happens all in the background. Yep. What? I've like he that. he befriends a pregnant girl at the school, and then like helps deliver the baby at <laughs> the end. What the fuck? Yeah, there's shit like that like throughout. Everything. Oh my God. Yeah, I, have like to, I have to or rewatch the show just to look for that. There's stuff. the Beetlejuice reference where you say the word three times, and then like the third time they actually say it in the show, you see like the be- like someone in the Beetlejuice costume walk like by. actually walk by. Like, there's so much meta humor because that's oh Dan Harmon's God. thing. He's very meta. My only question with like what happened with Community is, could we see something like that happen with Rick and Morty? Oh, right? definitely. In terms of just you know, Dan Harmon is still a very volatile person. There was stuff that came out about him just recently, you know, like a, yeah. a year ago. Um, in terms of some of his misconduct and stuff. And I know... What misconduct? Like, what is it? Uh, I think just making female staff writers feel uncomfortable. Um, a lot of that type of stuff. Mm. I know he's only half of Rick and Morty, because right. Justin Rowland, I believe, is yeah, the Justin other half. Justin Rowland, yeah. Is the other half. But, you know, community, to, you know com- community in a lot of ways is a precursor to Rick and Morty, right? There's... A lot of the same types of meta humor and loose continuity, tight continuity. Obviously, it's, they're different formulas with one being live action, one being a animated show. Uh, but I just wonder if the, the pitfalls in community we could see one day happen in Rick and Morty. Because people have talked about Rick and Morty wanted to be this like anti-establishment show of it's like, you know, going against the grain and everything. But... You know, they have the highest selling toys and merchandising and, you know, the corporate dream. Uh, is that what's going to happen? Like, is it just going to, you know, Cartoon Network gave it that massive 80 episode order to make more episodes and everything. So we'll see. You know, it's interesting. Nothing lasts forever. So it will it will it fizzle out? Will it know when it's done and end on a high note? That's really the only question. Right. Mm. So we'll see. Time will tell, they say. Time will tell. To kind of bring things home here with some of our remaining wasn't news items. Obviously, we talked a little about El Tenant, other movies, uh, the Ray Park incident. Uh, a couple other fun things coming out of the, the Disney wheelhouse here. 
a Lando Disney Plus series. And before we get into the actual news, I'm just going to say, yes, I want this. Really? The end. Donald Glover? <laughs> yes, with speaking, Donald Glover. Speaking, speaking with Donald oh, Glover. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? Like, oh, God. He did Lando, the character. He did such a really good, great job in Solo. Um, I just watched Solo maybe like two weeks ago. And he, by far, is one of the best parts of that film. Hmm. So a Disney Plus series? Yes. I've greenlit it. <laughs> Therefore, greenlit. it's real. Uh, any other details around it? Is it just uh, any... Do we know time period? Would we know... Would it be... I, I, I've heard a Lando show, though, with old Lando and uh, Hitchhiking Across the Galaxy with his daughter from uh, the uh, Rise of Skywalker. So it looks like I well, think that would have happened if that movie had been popular. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're being smart about it. Yeah. yeah. So it oh, says okay. in the article that we're quoting right now, which is from Inverse.com, uh, they are stating that the show would have uh, Donald Glover. So it'd be that version of Donald Glover. So before episode four, yeah, before episode four, Donald Glover, because um, obviously he's running around the galaxy doing his own thing. We know that um, three, four years before the events of uh, Yavin. Um, Lando actually runs across uh, Leia, helps her out with some stuff, uh, and the and the crew of uh, the Ghost. Oh, right. so there's oh, a couple right. episodes in. Uh, so there's you know, but there's still like a good ten year chunk of him doing stuff that we could possibly see. Um, so yeah, I I mean beyond it, Lando show. I really want the Crimson Dawn show. You know, I know we we're talking about Darth Maul a little bit earlier. Um, a lot of the ide- ideas in Solo, essentially, you know, what's happening with Han, what's happening with Lando, what's happening with the criminal underground stuff that's happening between episodes three and four, which is really the last, you know, people have talked about a rumored Darth Maul show. You know, that's the last uncovered part of um, a lot of those characters, honestly, um, that were set up in Solo and won't probably see the light of day in a theatrical movie, but I think would make a really cool uh, Disney Plus type of show because we have some stuff, obviously, between episodes three and four. We have Rebels, but I think it would be cool to see sort of the non-Empire Rebel stuff and some of the bounty hunter smuggling stuff. And, you know, a, a show like that could even inform The Mandalorian, right? Because The Mandalorian is very much about the criminal underground world, and you could... You could have a lot of cool comparisons and contrasts between these two major events, right? These two major uprisings and wars. Mm. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Like that—that's what I'd want. Like an ensemble cast. Like just seriously, bring back the whole cast of of Solo. I mean, it's probably expensive and hard to do, but impossible. You know what's crazy? It's impossible. You know what's? <laughs> I'm kidding. Crazy is we're it's gonna just... have um, by the time we're done with the Darth Maul character. Like, I, I don't think it's a matter of if; it's a matter of when we'll see. What Darth Maul does between episodes three and four, you know, after he leaves uh, Ahsoka and all that, like we know he leaves at that point, and he pops back up in Solo, and then from there he pops up in Rebels, uh, where he finally ends, you know, on Tatooine. Um, but in that time period, we also know that he crashes for a little bit on that Sith planet. We find that in Rebels. Um, but Maul is the only Maul. Once we get that, all that information about Maul, we'll have the mo- like one of the most complete. Um, histories of a character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. The other character being uh, Luke Skywalker, uh, Darth Vader. You know, for the most part, we have like a complete history. I wonder at some point when do we get the young Darth Maul? You know, 
content. I know there is graphic novels in the expanded universe mm. that kind of talk about his upbringing, um, Palpatine finding him, yeah, you know, and all that fun stuff. I think I think for all of these like these gaps we have right now, it's just a matter of time and kind of what the form it takes. Is it a video game? Is it a live action show? Is it an animated show? Is it a graphic novel? I think I think all of these holes. I mean, I mean, I mean, basically any hole between episodes two and three has been publish like we know <laughs> yeah we know we everything. know every single day and every single planet of, of <laughs> like family a, dramas the entire clone wars right yeah uh i think it's going to happen with a lot of the you know we're getting more and more stuff between episodes three and four i think we're going to get some pre-episode one stuff uh, maybe with the obi-wan show uh and we're getting more yeah, yeah. episodes you know post episode six content too right so yeah. squadrons is going to take place after episode six yep um, Battlefront 2's story um, has pieces after Episode 6. Mandalorian after Episode 6. What well, a post-Episode uh, 6 stuff, huh? Yes, because it's the most... I mean, the the most interesting period and the most well-documented period is going to be, you know, Episode... I would, I would argue, yeah, Episode... End of Episode 2 to, you know, just after Episode 6. We have all that... So much stuff happening during that period. So many characters that you actually see through, you know, three generations, if yeah. you will. And as we've talked about on this podcast before, the sequel trilogy isn't the most well-received thing. But Disney has proven before, or, or Star Wars has proven before, that you can kind of elevate that content when you add more context to it. <laughs> yeah. And there's so little context to the sequel trilogy, right? There's 30 years. We don't know really what happened much between those 30 years right now. Uh, you can really, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of Luke and Han and Leia story to tell that you can go back and you can tell. Uh, and beyond those characters, everything that's happening in the universe, what really led to the First Order and their rise and all that type of stuff could really elevate those movies a it little could, bit it could use It could use some love, that's for sure. Yeah. Would you watch a Disney Plus, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a random, eight season, eight seasons? Game of Thrones-esque story about Luke, Leia, and Han that takes place for the moment after Death Star 2 blows up to the moment that Han dies, essentially. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, why not? That'd be amazing. Uh, I mean, if it's good. I, <laughs> I think what Star Wars should do to start filling in some of these gaps is have this like anthology-type show. Maybe it's each episode is just a different story in the universe. Maybe it's each season's a different story in the universe. But just like... Bring in some writers and some creators and let them start filling in the a, gaps. It's not a bad idea. Like, you, it would be fun. Are you talking yeah. about what they tried to do with the movies? No. Like, oh, like the, a Star Solo. Wars stories yeah. movies or whatever? <laughs> like Solo and Rogue One was supposed to be this idea of like fill in the gaps. Yeah. Each movie is about its own thing. Yeah, but do that do that on Disney Plus. Do yeah. that do that yeah. <laughs> you know, do it on don't make it theatrical movies because you've proved like there's definitely an appetite for those types of movies, but clearly People, when they want to see Star Wars in the movies, they want the big stuff. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago for like the Avengers and stuff. Start making the big, the movies, the Avenger movies, and everything else is Disney Plus and kind of that lower tier content. Well, also for or like lower tier. We're also like Disney's already proven this with The Mandalorian. Like they created with John Favreau, they didn't create a whole new level of tech, but they've gone about doing a different way in which. Um, Oh, dear. There's no space on that memory card left. Oh, dear. What do you want me to do? That's fine. We'll just keep keep going. Okay. So 
John Favreau with The Mandalorian kind of showed how they can make these interactive, cool-looking landscapes and worlds, uh, but do it in a digital set and not have to travel anywhere. Mm. You know, we got some of some of those visuals are up there with like the new uh, sequel trilogy, right? Like um, uh, the stuff that we saw in like episode seven, where she goes and finds Luke for the first time. You know, on the cliffs of uh, I think Morin. Basically, they actually flew out, obviously, to Ireland to go and get that. But with John Favreau's tech, they're able to do this in, you know, Manhattan Beach in a, on a soundstage, right? And they're just building a very little props. Your costs are way, way less. Um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, right, is going to be using the same tech as well. So you're still going to have that high level of Star Wars visuals for the small screen at a much, much less lower cost, which I think yeah. is going to be really, really good. And I think that's the key. Like, I think, especially as we're looking at this pandemic and the role of movie theaters, you know, production, you know, we're not going to, we're going to have a glut of, first of all, blockbusters that haven't been released, but no one's going to be just going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to spend $200 million for this blockbuster that may or may not make profits. It's like, whoa, we got to kind of maybe lower how what movies we're bringing out into the theater. And it just makes sense. What what can you do that's a lower cost that can go on these streaming services that you now have? And and for Disney, they're in a prime in a prime spot to just kind of like, okay, the smaller stories and all that type of stuff we do on the streaming service. And then we have the big event team-ups type stuff on the big screen. Avengers. Star Wars episode blank. Mm. You know? Um, and let people wait and build anticipation for that instead of release 800 of those movies in a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'll make less money. Right? Like, if there's 800 movies, <laughs> you know... In a year? Yeah, in a year. Yeah. You go and see all 800 because you have a podcast to do, then they're going to make more money, so... <laughs> Yeah, but you're also gonna you're also gonna uh, oversaturate oversaturate the market and then alienate people gonna, some people. People are gonna quit on it. Yeah, yeah but I don't, I don't know. They you, they increasingly made more money as they put out more films. No, so. but but listen, but but think about this, right? The MCU, right? They haven't had a movie come out in over a year now. Amazing, because mostly because of the pandemic, right? But people are being like, I'm itching for an MCU movie because it's been a while, right? That the 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 gap in time has helped build anticipation, and by the time you get to the next Star Wars movie in twenty twenty three, it'll have been what four years since the last Star Wars movie. Not long he, enough. He, <laughs> I guarantee you, people are gonna be like, "I need a Star years. Wars movie." It's been four years. You know what I mean? Like I've been waiting for this. It's gonna like it, it's. Gonna I be just better. I don't know why, but I imagine like some like guy sitting on his couch be like, "My God, there's not been a Star Wars movie. I need a Star Wars movie." So take take the conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast, Tenet, right? And the crazy people that are gonna jump the border and and protest Krishna. and stuff, Krishna, because they've been really? waiting for this movie for over a year and it's been delayed and stuff. What you're building anticipation for this movie. I want my movie now. If they gave them the movie back in April, would people care as much? You sound like no. a Karen. I want my movie. <laughs> I'm just give I, me wow, my Arjuna. Movie. Wow, wow. Somebody clipped that and then call Arjuna Karen. He said it. He said it. he wants his movie. I'm I'm quoting uh, the theoretical movie Karens. Yeah, the movie Krishna. Kevin's Krishna is Krishna the movie equivalent to Karen. <laughs> yes. That's there a we go. Name to the Krishnas, the Krishnas oh, of the world. world, the Krishnas of the world. Last piece of uh, Disney news here: um, Daredevil potentially coming to Spider-Man. So, uh, Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil in the Netflix original Daredevil show, unfortunately got three seasons, uh, one crossover season, 
And then they obviously pulled the plug. Oh, on. I completely forgot about the Defenders thing. Yeah, that shit sucked. Yeah, um, but the rumor right now is that potentially he may find a, a home in the Spider-Man films. What do we think? Do we want to see more Devil, Daredevil? Do we need more Daredevil? I like, I like it. I like the idea of putting it, putting those characters in totally different contexts. Right. And, <laughs> and at least, co- right, at least the- from the '90s comic, you know, the '90s Spider-Man, Daredevil and Spider-Man are like this. That boys, that homies. And the context you're gonna get is the lawyer side of Daredevil because the rumor is for this third Spider-Man movie, he's going to need. Uh, representation because yeah. he's been outed, right? He's Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yep. So he needs legal help and uh, allegedly he's got a lawyer up. According to the internet and rumors, the the uh, Marvel head honchos are deciding, okay, which famous person, which famous lawyers within Marvel are there? Uh, <laughs> not a whole lot. Matt Murdock is yep. probably the most famous, but there's also uh, I I forget what the character's name is, but the person who is She-Hulk is another lawyer. She-Hulk? Um, and they're like, we could do that, but they are they are doing a She-Hulk Disney Plus show. Oh, they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is going to have Mark Ruffalo. Nice. But they decided... As, as She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but they've decided probably uh, Daredevil makes more sense. That would and, be great. And now I believe this is the year of that, because of the di- the deal that Disney and Netflix had, Netflix controlled the rights to the four the char- those characters that they had mm. and you know exclusively could stream it well now if you i think this year by the fall those shows will come off of Netflix and Disney gets the rights back to kind of do their own thing and they could recast or they could keep the same ones and it sounds like if if these articles and these internet rumors are to be believed they're leaning towards keeping all the original actors um, but the immortal Danny Rand. <laughs> the oh, they would keep him or would not keep they w- him? I don't think they've even approached uh, asking the actor if he wants to come back. I mean, <laughs> the immortal Iron Fist was garbage. It was not great. I mean, Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, those castings I think were really, really good. Jessica Jones, great first season, second season, meh. Yeah. Uh, Luke Cage. Did you guys even watch the third season? Of Jessica Jones? Yeah. No. no. I haven't watched it either. Wait, did I? I don't remember. It was so long you ago. You probably started and stopped. I know with Luke Cage, I didn't finish season two. Yeah, I didn't start season two. Yeah, that one was tricky. But The Defenders, that was a thing at one point. Yeah, yeah I can't believe that. That was a thing. I wonder if those shows are better than we remember. I, I'm almost... Uh, it's None of us have seen Jessica Jones season three. I almost want to challenge us to watch it and review it for the pod. If you guys are down, yeah, uh, it might be interesting Maybe. at the yeah. least. Yeah, yeah. Just to just to see if these characters if these characters are coming back. I yeah. mean, it's like what eight episodes? You know, it's eight it's hours. Lot. That's eight hours of my life. I can't get back. You and, could just yeah. thro- throw it on while you work. Yes, Michael Matter. There is the third season of Jessica Jones. Allegedly, at least that's what Arjuna tells <laughs> I us. I think there's a third season. <laughs> and let, it sounds me, like he's going to try and make us watch it. Let me uh, let me boob. check real quick. Yeah, there's a third season. Oh my third god, third season. Yeah, All right, well. and it aired last year, um, June fourteenth, twenty nineteen, is when it was released on Netflix. Wow. Uh, last piece of superhero news: uh, Justice League, the Snyder Cut. We got a brief glimpse of Superman decked out in a uh, black suit. Yes. Um, and he's talking to Alfred while Alfred was working on the Batmobile. Oh, great. Um, the qu- big question here, obviously, is like after getting these like 
sneak peeks and these drops enough. Are they are they actually filming new scenes for this, or are they reusing footage? So there's a, the rumor comes from um, an Up Instagram rocks. post from Gal Gadot. Oh, uh oh, and they're reshooting. She posted an image on her Instagram that said, "Wear your mask, right?" Oh, okay. And it's, she's she's wearing her Wonder Woman costume. She has the tiara, and it's like a sepia tone. She has the mask up. But what eagle-eyed fans noticed was in the background of this image, right? It looked like she was shooting. P- people don't know if this is like a current photo from back in the t- back in however long ago. But she's in a desert area, and it looks like there's a soldier decked out in the. Um, do you guys remember in um, Batman v Superman? No. The, um, <laughs> Christian blocked that movie. The yeah. the, the uh, Batman dream where it's like the desert oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. they have yeah. the soldiers. Yeah. So it looks like there's a soldier in that uniform in the background. So people are like, oh, well, we know there's desert scenes in Wonder Woman 1984, so it could be a photo from that. But people think it's a scene from uh, that and that they're reshooting that currently right now in secret. I don't know. I just pulled up the photo here. It looks like it's like one of the craft services people, and he's wearing an apron. <laughs> that's what it looks like what? to me. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Uh, I don't know. It's, it's I don't good. know. Show, show, show the show. If see if uh, our viewers can see it for those watching right now on uh, hold on Twitch so, oh, and that's, YouTube and stuff. That's the. Is it focused? Uh, no, it's out of focus. Focus, you dumb camera. Oh. Uh, uh, kind of focused. Yeah, it's good. But man. then uh, if you zoom in. There's this. This is the person in the back. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's a. Uh, it's a story, nonetheless. I think it's a whole lot of nothing. And I agree. Uh, Mikko Matter has comment. They better not reshoot. That's cheating. And now we can just upgrade movies between releases. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if it if there's <laughs> a Snyder cut that exists, release the cut. Don't try and make it better after the fact. That's the whole joke. Uh, there was agree. no Snyder cut. I know, I know. That's that's the, the idea is that there is no Snyder cut and that they're now scrapped. Also, uh, Zack Snyder has been called. They've been doing some conventions like there was Comic Con this past weekend. They've been doing online panels, mm. and um, Zack Snyder labeled his Snyder cut of Justice League as an Elseworlds property. What does that mean? Uh, Elseworlds is a famous DC um, line of comics where it's basically like one-offs. Okay. You know, like um, they can take major stories and then change events to whatever the creator wants. And um, there's a rumor now going that Warner Brothers will label some of their, basically these one-off DC movies as Elseworlds. So is Joker? the Joker would be Elseworlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Batman that's coming out will be Elseworlds. This Justice League... Zack Schneider cut will be Elseworlds while there's the DCEU continuity line, whatever the hell that is. That's uh, amazing. This That's like... <laughs> we we, we want to make all these movies. Okay, what do we have in our comic book arsenal that we could use? Ooh, this thing. This Elseworld thing. That's that's amazing. Elseworlds. Elseworlds. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, my God. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here on the pod, guys. Thank you for listening. You can always find us on Twitter at Was It Good, on Instagram at Was It Good BTM. And uh, as always, we live stream these pods every Monday uh, afternoon, evening on twitch.tv slash was it good. Pods drop every Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye.